Good evening. Afternoon. Whatever it is. It might be morning for you. Maybe you just woke up. But that's okay. We're glad you're here. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank you all uh, for all of your service. Because uh, as I'm sitting here, I realize that we're asking a lot from you. Because uh, we have a unity service coming up. We have trunk or treat coming up. And I'm always asking you to do something, it seems like. Uh, for prayer breakfast or for something else. And you guys come through every single time. And I'm always amazed at how, how well you serve the people here. And uh, this, this time of year is especially different with the unity service and trunk or treat being back-to-back weeks. Uh, but I know that you are going to come through for us again, just as you always do, uh, because y'all are faithful servants. And y'all love to serve the people. And we're going to have a lot of people coming in and out of this building over the next couple of weeks. Something that I'm very excited about. And so I thank you for all the work that you've already been doing by telling people about it and the work you're going to do moving forward to make this event happen. Um, and so as we get into this, as many of you know, I started going back to school just a few weeks ago. And uh, this was back in August, so I guess it's been a few months ago now. Uh, but time flies, so it seems like it's been no time. Uh, but I started going back to school again, and after three years, that has been a very difficult process for me. Um, I've already forgotten how I memorize things, to be honest with you. Uh, in just three short years, I've forgotten very quickly how to do school. And uh, so I'm having to learn all over again how school works or what that even means for me. And it's been a difficult process, but I've, I feel like I'm adjusting pretty well now. Uh, with my great sidekick next door, I feel like I've got some help in the office to help me through some of the trials that I face. Uh, but in one of my classes, I have to do what they call a personal change project. And basically, uh, I'm training to become a counselor, and the idea is that at the beginning of this program, I need to first examine myself and learn uh, things I need to work on. And so I had this personal change project, and I could choose really anything in the world. And for some reason, I chose that I need to start exercising. Well, I can tell you already, Brooks is laughing already. He's looking at me like, man, you hadn't done your homework. Uh, but yes, I've decided to start exercising. And uh, just this week, as I was running, and I was kind of thinking about what I was going to preach about tonight... Uh, And running can become a very spiritual thing if you've never done it before. Uh, For me, anyway, Chris knows what I'm talking about. I can hear him back there. Uh, Running can become a very spiritual thing. Uh, The way this program is set up is called Couch to 5K. Some of you have done this before. Brooks has already made fun of me a few weeks ago for for even having to do this because uh, I should be able to just run out the door and run a 5K because I'm so energetic. Uh, But it doesn't exactly work that way. Um, I was always more of the jackrabbit type, that I was the sprinter, and I was the quick guy, but I was not the long distance guy. So this is set up uh, to run intervals over time. So the first week, you know, it's run 90 seconds, walk 90 seconds, run a minute, walk a minute. Well, then the second week, they make you run 90 seconds a little bit more time. Well, then the third time, third week, it's like run three minutes. And so, you know, here I am looking at the app on my phone, thinking there's no way that I'm ever going to get through three minutes. Well, I got through three minutes, 
And then last week, I have to do five minutes. And I'm just really thinking, this is a struggle. Now, it's not, if I just had to run outside and run five minutes, it wouldn't be that bad. But it's after running three minutes here, five minutes here, three minutes here, five minutes here. And it's very difficult for me. And so I was thinking, you know, I need to, there's a lot of discipline that goes into running. And I need to to preach about spiritual discipline. That's really what came to my mind while I was running. So I thought, you know, I need to let them see what I look like after going through one of these runs. And I didn't think it was going to look so bad. (laughs) And the purpose of this picture was for this sermon, okay? Um, I sent this to, to Joseph because he had texted me about something. I think this was a morning before I came into the office, and I wanted him to know where I was at. And he's like, oh, well, you need to stay home, take a shower, cool down before you come anywhere close to here. And I send this to my mom, and she like freaks out. Uh, she's like, okay, you need to sit down, get some water, cool down. Uh, you need to, you've been through a lot this morning. And yeah, the hair's struggling uh, with lots of sweat, sweat, <laughs> sweat in the hair. And, uh, and I was just really, really struggling with this. Uh, so this was after a five-minute, three-minute, five-minute, or three-minute, five-minute, three-minute, five-minute. Um, and it won't be long before I'm running 20 minutes, and I'm, I'll show you all the picture then. Uh, but I always have interesting experiences when I run. Um, I have had children running with me in the neighborhood that I run in. Uh, I don't know why I look like I, the kind of guy where you could just run out of your house and jump in with me, but that has happened. So if you see me running down Main Street or South College Street, and you want to jump in, I guess, go ahead. Uh, I'll slow down. I'm probably going slow enough for you anyway. Uh, but I want to look at 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27, because Paul writes quite a bit about running and things like that in general, athletics. And I feel like he kind of understood, understands me, because he always talks about it like it was a real struggle for him. You know, striving for the prize, running with endurance. Uh, but in chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, this is kind of our kickstart, uh, but we're going to be in Acts 2 for most of the night, but we'll start here. Verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? I'd like to have a talk with him because I feel like I've won a prize every single time I run, okay? Uh, but... He's talking about a competitive run here. And he says, only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Verse 26, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Notice especially verse 27 when he says that I discipline my body. And he was talking about running, but he kind of transitions here into talking more about spiritual discipline. As he says, I discipline my body, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Now there are several things that I've learned that runners must do. The first couple of times I ran, 
I did not stretch. And Ethan filled me in on some help there because I would ask him, why is my calf hurting so bad? And he always, he would ask the question, why did you stretch? And of course, no, I didn't. Uh, so a runner must stretch and a runner must, well, this is the obvious, run uh, often to get used to it. A runner must eat. A runner must stay hydrated. There's a lot of things that a runner must do. When Paul talks here about this spiritual run that he faces, he, he talks about the fear of being disqualified and the fear of not being disciplined in a spiritual walk. Guys, we are in a fight. And we are going to have pain. We're going to have sorrow. But we have to find ways to get through these toughest moments of life So I want you to turn over now. We're going to be here the rest of the night to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We focus a lot on Acts chapter 2 of the start of the church and what these people uh, were preached about, uh, were preached to about, about the crucifixion, about the resurrection. Uh, But tonight I want to focus more at the end, uh, verses 42 through 47, where the people were acting after the sermon, uh, after they heard what they were doing. And these people were establishing some very important spiritual disciplines. And I want us to have a good discussion tonight about what that looks like with us. I don't want you to leave here tonight with just a message from me. I want you to leave here tonight knowing some things that you can do to make yourself more spiritually disciplined. Uh, that you feel like your spiritual walk uh, has some things that can be done in your life. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, So let's look at verse 42 to start out. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So first of all, what are some things that we can do to better devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching or to learning God's Word. Let's talk about that for a second. What can you do, what can we do, to better learn God's Word? Study, okay. Study, what was that? Pray, definitely. We'll come back to that one in a little bit. Uh, Study, let's stop on that one for a second. How do we study? What are some different ways that that study works for you? Or what are some different ways that you know of people studying? Yes. Group study. That's kind of what we do in our Bible classes on Sunday morning, on Wednesday nights. Uh, We study as a group. And like Chris said, it's a good opportunity to get some other ideas on what the Scripture is saying, right? Okay, so what are some other ways that you study? Okay, maybe you just need to sit down and read. Uh, Sometimes that seems so obvious, but it's so hard to do. And when you're talking about spiritual discipline, this is a real discipline. Okay, this is something that you really have to train yourself uh, until it becomes a habit almost. Uh, And you don't want it to to just do it because it's a habit, but you do want it to be something that's very natural for you to do. Uh, You don't want reading to be something where 
you sit down every once in a while and it feels unnatural to you. You want to be well versed in God's Word. You want to be well trained in reading His Word. Okay, so you can study in a group. You can read by yourself. What are some other things you can do to study God's Word? Okay, it's a great point, Rand. Maybe you hear something in the news and you're very interested in what God's Word says about that topic specifically. Uh, we had our class recently uh, for a quarter over homosexuality. That was a topic that was really often in the news around this time. Uh, sometimes that's what it takes to spark our interest. Uh, sometimes hearing something and saying, you know, how do we feel about that? Uh, as, as Christians, what does God's Word say about that topic? Uh, what was that? Right, it condemns it. You may find when you study different topics that God's Word condemns it. Uh, you may find studying different topics something that you didn't realize was there. Uh, but, but finding something that sparks your interest is a good way to start your study, right? To start studying God's Word. Because if it's something you're interested in, it helps you sometimes instead of just picking it up and reading. So, so that's another option for studying God's Word. Uh, look at verse 46 uh, in Acts 2. It says, and day by day attending the temple together. Isn't that pretty amazing? Uh, that's another way that we can study God's Word as a church family. Through worship. Here's a group of people who went to the temple day by day. Sometimes it seems like such a hard thing to do to make it up here for worship on Sunday mornings and back for Bible study on Sunday nights. And sometimes it is a hard thing to do. Uh, but these people, it says they were going to the temple day by day and worshiping together. This was something that was very important to these people. They weren't just coming two days a week together. They were coming seven days a week together. It was important. Okay, let's notice what else they were doing. On top of devoting to the apostles' teaching, what else were they doing? They were eating together. They were eating. Um, verse 46 uh, B, the second part of it, after it says that day by day they were attending the temple together, it says, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were eating. Some of my favorite conversations have happened over a good, yummy plate of food. Okay? How many people in here like to eat? Okay? I see some hands... And those hands that aren't up, your shoulder's probably hurting, right? You didn't want to raise your hand tonight. Everybody likes to eat. I love to eat. Uh, and if you haven't figured out yet, I also love to talk. And sometimes that happens even easier when you're eating, when you have some food with you. Uh, eating is something that's very easy for us to do. 
Uh, I have a friend, and some of the youth group will remember this, uh, a friend I was in college with, and uh, he's working at a church up in Kentucky, a church that has grown significantly since he has been there. And uh, he was doing a class at this uh, youth event that we went to, and he was talking about what they had, had done in their congregation to help the place grow. And he said, well, we sat down and we talked about some of the things, first of all, that we are good at. And the first thing that came up was that we are good at eating. We're good at eating. Uh, and so what they did is they challenged everyone in their congregation to go and pick three people that over the next month or so that they were going to eat with. Not necessarily people in the congregation, but people outside. And the whole idea was that eating with them started a relationship that would hopefully eventually lead to a Bible study or uh, lead to inviting them to worship uh, or lead to different things. And this relationship building that they uh, started taking part in uh, was something that helped their congregation to grow. We all like to eat. If you don't think we like to eat, walk into the Van Zant Center during an all-in-one and just stand between those Not one, not two, but three rows of food that we have sitting out there. Here in this congregation, we do several different things to help with eating. Okay, Uh, I've got a slide up here. Uh, We have a program called Bread. And uh, right now, it's kind of going through a revamping process of bringing new people in. And basically, you sign up, and the deacons that are over this program... They pair you up with another family or another group of people, and you're just asked to eat with them at some point in that quarter, okay? So you got got plenty of time to do that, just to eat. Uh, I feel like this is an excellent way for us to uh, get together with people that we're not always around and just have conversations and enjoy fellowship with each other. Uh, we also, for the youth group, we have prayer breakfast. Uh, but that, that isn't the only thing we do that involves eating. Uh, just about any youth event you come to, there's going to be food, okay? Food is very important, and we eat a lot. And so we usually have food at things that are going on, and our all-in-ones that we have. And on top of that, uh, several of, the, of your classes get together often to eat. Uh, and there's just several opportunities that we hope try to provide to you That gives you an opportunity to eat with other people. Uh, Eating is very important. And we love to eat. So go back to verse 42 now. And we're going to move on a little bit more to see some more things that these people were doing immediately after the church was established. Uh, Back to verse 42. It says they were breaking bread and what else? Prayer. When do you find it easiest to pray? Okay, just before a meal, definitely. When we need something, right? When we need something, it's a good, it just reminds us, well, if I can't get it myself, I need to pray to God about it, right? Definitely. When we need something. Brooks, you said something earlier. What was your, during difficult times, we pray. It kind of goes back to the last one, when we need something. When, 
When we feel like we can't make it on our own, sometimes it's kind of natural to turn to God. What else? Easiest times to pray. In the morning before you get up, maybe your alarm just went off and you just want to hit snooze one more time. Uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate for the snooze button on the alarm clock. And that's an excellent opportunity to pray. While I'm laying in bed that nine extra minutes, why not? Yeah, the iPhone, for some reason, your snooze is exactly nine minutes. So I usually set my alarm for nine minutes before I want to get up. Uh, but why not, in those nine minutes, spend some time talking to God before my day starts? We find it easiest to pray in these different aspects. What can we do to make prayer a part of our daily life? Instead of only when we pray, uh, I mean, instead of only when we eat, or only when something difficult is going on, what can we do to make prayer a part of our daily life? Establish a routine. Yes, if you make it a routine, like we talked earlier, to study, include prayer. Um, I think it's great to pray before you study that God will open your eyes to what you're reading, to what He wants you to hear in that reading, and that you will apply it to your life. Great opportunity to pray, to make it a part of your routine. What else? Yes, in the car. I feel like some of my greatest communication with God has been on long drives. Some of you who drive to work a long way, I'm sure this is a part of your your drive. Uh, And sometimes when I'm by myself in the car, that's a great time for me to just talk and just talk to God about what's going on. Uh, Sometimes this is a great opportunity because when you're dealing with something difficult, sometimes that requires you going somewhere and you don't necessarily have time to pray before you go to the hospital uh, or before you run to your family's house. And so pray on your way. All right, any other times? When you're running? (laughs) Brooke says when you're running. Yes, when you're running is a good time. When you're in pain and you're struggling to get through it. Uh, So I wrote, I put a a couple of things that I think will help you too uh, to get through, uh, to to make prayer part of your daily life. Uh, Write down a reminder. Maybe write down... Uh, what that you want to pray in an obvious place, uh, maybe on the mirror in your bathroom, you put it on a little post-it note, and you go in there to brush your teeth, and, you, and it says pray. And you say, oh yeah, I need to pray. You can pray right then. Uh, just put reminders around. Write things down. Um, and then the next one, uh, this is a good opportunity uh, that, that is involved with technology. Uh, this is called the Echo Prayer Manager. Uh, or it's, a, it's called the Echo app, okay? On your phone, uh, and as you can see, there's a, a Samsung and an iPhone. So it's on Android and the Apple Store. And so you can, you can get this on your phone. It's called Echo Prayer. And basically all this is, is it will send you a reminder on your phone to pray. And it gives you a lot of ways to remember the things that you want to pray for. Uh, one thing I like to do, and, and I haven't used this app as effectively as it, as it could be used, uh, but you can go in when somebody says, will you, will you pray for me? Uh, you could pull your phone out, 
put it in the Echo app, and it will remind you to pray for that person. Uh, you can put as many things on your list as you want. Uh, and if it's answered, you can click answered. And it's a cool way to go back and look at all the ways that God has answered your prayers. Uh, if you're still praying for it, you can leave it on your list. And you can keep this app open while you're praying. And so you can kind of pray through your list and remind yourself uh, the things you want to pray for. Uh, and as popular as technology is, I think this is a great source for you. Uh, for those of you who always have your phone on you, uh, maybe to set it up and allow it to remind you to pray in the mornings. Uh, maybe you set it to remind you right after your alarm goes off so you see it and you can pray right then. So this is an excellent source. Uh, another way I felt like uh, is helpful is to pray with people right then. To just stop and pray. How many times has someone said, hey, will you, pray, will you pray for me? And you've forgotten. Well, I've tried to make it a habit, and sometimes it's awkward. Uh, but if I'm in the grocery store, or if I'm at the park, or if I'm at Walmart, or if I'm in the church lobby, and someone comes to me and says, hey, can you pray for this? I, I try to... I try to remember to say, well, can we pray right now? And most of the time, people are willing to stop and pray no matter where they are. Um, this prevents you from forgetting things. And it gives you an opportunity to pray with someone. Uh, so I think all of these things are ways that you uh, can make prayer a part of your daily life, just as the people in Acts 2. Uh, so let's look back at verses 44 through 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This group had a real kind of unity. The kind of unity where they looked for people who were in need. Uh, specifically, they were selling their things that they had an excess of or extra, and they were giving to those who were in need. And, and like I said, I want this to be practical. So I want you to think about yourself, and I want you to identify the things in your life that you have an excess of, or think of something in your life that you have extra of. Maybe that's time, maybe it's money. Maybe it's food. What is it in your life that you have been blessed in an overly abundant way? And then, secondly, I want you to identify people in your life that need what you have extra of. So this is what that looks like. If it's time, who are people in your life that just need someone to sit with them? That just need someone to give their time to come and listen to what's on their hearts, to just listen to what's going on in their life, or to just fellowship with them. If it's money, how can you use the extra money that you have to help those who are in need? Or to help someone who truly needs it? To help the people around you? If it's food, who do you know that would enjoy eating with you? Who do you know that needs some extra food? And why not 
Help them out there. But whatever it is in your life, and, and this is a tough one, because it's hard to think about sacrificing and giving something up out of our lives. But every one of us has a little bit of extra something. How can you use that extra something in your life to bless someone else? To bring joy to someone else? Now let's look on to verse 47. We're going to start kind of bringing this to a close here. Notice what they did. After it, 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 after it talks about them eating with glad and generous hearts, it slows down and says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Don't forget. Do not forget to praise God for all of these things that we've talked about. Praise God that you have extra things. Praise God that you've been blessed with extra time, that you've been blessed with the avenue of prayer. A lot of times we get stuck in focusing on everything else except for just praising God. Praising God in our, in our speech. Praising God in song while you're in the car driving to work. Why not break out in song and praise God for the things that He's done? And this kind of goes along with what Joseph talked about this morning. Looking forward to your future. Looking forward to the things that are ahead in your life. To the vision that God has for you. So there's this same little neighborhood that I like to go back and run in. Uh, that There's this tree in this neighborhood. And down in... Just behind my house, it's a little, it's a bunch of duplexes over there, and it's just a circle. And so that's just the easy place for me to run down there and run in a circle. And look, sometimes, and I'm glad y'all haven't driven by yet, maybe you have, don't tell me, but sometimes I am really, really struggling through my run. And I just need a point of reference to get me through that run. And this is my tree, okay? Uh, The people in this neighborhood don't know it. But this is mine. And when I'm running, that's the spot that I look to. And when I, sometimes I just think, okay, if I could just make it to that tree, I will feel successful. And usually, it gives me just enough drive that no matter how much pain I'm in, no matter how much I'm struggling, I can at least make it to that tree. And sometimes, this is surprising to me, but sometimes... I can even make it to that mailbox you can see right there. (laughs) Just uh, five steps further. And that's an accomplishment to me. And so in your spiritual life, what are you focused on in your future? Are you focused on heaven? Because if you are focused on heaven, and that's a spiritual discipline in your life, no matter how much pain you're in, or how much you're struggling, maybe you can make it just that little extra distance that will get you to heaven. And that's a big deal. And it's all worth it. It's all worth the pain and the struggle if you can get to the tree. If you can make it to heaven. So tonight, I want you to think about your, your focus. I, I know I've loaded you with a lot of different things that can be practical in your life. And not all of them are things that you struggle with. But hopefully, there was something that helps all of you. 
And so maybe you're not as focused on heaven as you should be, not as focused on God, focused on the tree of life. And you can accept that tree of life tonight by being baptized. Or maybe you have been baptized, but your focus has been distorted and you haven't been looking to your God's vision for what He wants in your life, that He wants you to be in heaven with Him. You need to come back to Him and increase your relationship with Him. But whatever need you have tonight, uh, let's not leave here without making it right. You have that opportunity as we stand and sing.